So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Carissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. We are doing a little bit of deep diving this week. We have a lot of really cool stuff to, uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking about how um, one can really break into this industry, but also what it looks like on the home front. How does one work-life balance? How does one really make sure that all these notes are hit when it comes down to being there for family, having, you know, that self-care happening while you're trying to build a brand new career, or maybe you're already in this space and you're like, it's just not happening for me. I am trying so hard to make a name, make a brand for myself. Obviously we know this is a work, you know, uh, type of relationship business that requires that kind of connection with the client, um, that consistent um, of attention availability. It's not like bedside where you're, you know, you're in and out and the client probably won't ever see you again because they're there because you're sick. This is the type of business industry that requires you to actually be mentally, emotionally, you know, available for your clients. And so a lot of times those types of notes aren't always hit. And then you have to keep all that good energy for when you go home and your family needs you and so many different pieces to this puzzle. Um, I'm super excited today because I actually get to share a little bit of my background on this entrepreneurial note. Uh, Marissa's off today. She is in Colorado doing some training. Um, big brag note on her. She is just exactly what we're talking about, that super mom that is work-life balancing. She's got two little kids at home, um, preteen and also like, I think a 10 year old and is doing everything she can to really, you know, build her brand and her name as a trusted aesthetic trainer. Um, I'm so proud of her in that respect because, you know, I've, I've been watching her do this now for 10 years guys, and it's not easy. So like, in just intense when it comes down to beating out all those voices and trying to get, you know, yourself to a place where you're really feeling like, okay, this is the path I want to be on. And she is really doing that. Um, she's made such a huge difference in my organizations and really setting the bar high for my staff. She's come in, she's audited, she's reworked our systems and has had just incredible, incredible results. And again, this is the type of mom, business entrepreneur, nurse, that we're talking about that is really trying to make a name for themselves in this industry, in whatever specialty you want to be in, whether you want to be known as an injector or a skincare specialist, or, you know, a trainer doesn't really matter that the, the homework assignment is always the same. You have to show up and you have to show up in a way that is above and beyond what everyone else is doing, especially as your consumer now is becoming more and more informed about everything in the market when it comes down to skincare, beauty, all these great things. But I'm especially grateful today because um, we're going to do a little deep diving in reference to from the your kids perspective. I've invited my very special someone into our chat today. Um, I call him junior. His name is Christian. He's really not a junior, but 
I just like to call him junior. And, um, and my gosh, he is, first of all, he's 30 years old. Yes. I had him when I was very young and he has set a pace for himself that has been, um, incredible. I'll let you tell you, tell him more about that in reference to his multi-career, you know, path and has always had a vision for what he wants to do. And he doesn't really settle for anything, but it came at a cost because during the early years, you know, mom was always working. Mom had everything else going on. And it sometimes felt like there was, you know, a little bit of just that MIA kind of thing, even though I actually had a, I remember had a, had a couch brought into my office so that he could like hang out with me after school. And he had his own computer and all that, but doesn't mean I was always present. So there's good and there's bad to this. And I'm so excited to be sharing both sides of it today. Welcome, Junior Christian Rappa. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So you're in Austin right now, living so mm -hmm. far away. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful town. It's a beautiful city. Um, I moved from California like a lot of other folks. Um <laughs> One tip for Austinites, the reason I moved from uh, from California is because I met an Austinite in California and they had good things to say. So if you want us to keep coming, then uh, don't speak so highly of it. But uh, <laughs> I do have a, uh, a, a, I do really like it here very much. It's probably one of my favorite places I've lived. Yeah. And you've always been kind of, you know, you've, you've grown up in very much like me in the sense that we kind of grew up together because I was a teen mom. I had a lot of, you know, big dreams and ambitions and junior was all along for the ride the whole time. And so we kind of had a vagabond kind of energy where we, I don't know how many different places that we tried out to see if we'd like, you know, we lived in um, Alabama, in Oregon, in, you know, California, Florida, and tried different cities. And you finally have settled down in Austin, but how did you even like, you know, why, why did you want to break out and do something so, so different and on, on your own? Well, I think that kind of, you know, we kind of tend to have a lot of traits that our parents have uh, when we, you know, we kind of like watch them growing up and we we become a lot like them. And so moving around as a kid so often, I mean, I tell people about how many places I've lived. They always ask me if I was a military brat because mm -hmm. it was just that's just how much we did it. And so I kind of carried that over into my adulthood and because of that, I lived in quite a few different places growing up, coming up in my adulthood. Um, Los Angeles, Oregon. I lived in Hawaii for a little while. That was a crazy story. But um, and then, you know, now Austin also lived in Vegas. And I had just kind of different ambitions to try to figure out what I wanted. It's kind of a it's an interesting thing when you grow up with parents that really don't settle for what they're given and they're always trying to find, they know that it's out there. So they're, the thing that they're looking for is available to them. And so they try every avenue that they can. And so the first avenue I tried was just, you know, trying out different spots and things like that. And I didn't, I came here to Austin just to like kind of see, I know Los Angeles wasn't really working out the way I wanted it to. Uh, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. And even though I had some really good habits while I was living there, um, I just knew I wanted something different. And so I, I heard about Austin, kind of saw it on TV and movies, kind of similarly to how you kept hearing and seeing Eugene when we first moved to Oregon. And lots of things happened for you out of that move. Um, 
it was the same story for me. I came here. I was like, you know, this place seems fine. Um, I know it's like low cost of living. I kind of just didn't really know what I wanted to do with my career and things like that. I had my cooking background. Um, I used to do cooking in Vegas. And so I knew I could go anywhere and find work. And here it was, you know, low enough cost of living that I could just kind of have a job part time and figure it out. And so from there, COVID happened and I just kind of needed to stay. It wasn't really anywhere better to go. And things just kind of started happening. You know, the kind of people I started meeting, um, just really it, you know, having to kind of stay put and not really being able to go anywhere forced me to look a little bit more inward and see that there's things that I want to adjust uh, mentally. And seeing that there all this moving around wasn't really doing it and there was something else uh, that I needed to like focus on I decided this was a really good place to do that and so I did and things have been going really well and I just I really like the lifestyle that I have here so that's why I decided to stay but I think it was pretty much kind of like almost that forcing of you know you can't go back to California there's not really like a lot you can do there and you know everything's closed down and just kind of having it's i spoke with one of my friends he's like uh it's it's funny these people that are wildly successful they they always seem to have one thing in common and that one thing is that they don't have a choice and he told me about you know two two of the people that i know that are immensely successful and they 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 don't come from good families and they don't have a choice they don't really they can't really go home and like figure it out or anything like that they have to make this work and so i kind of took on that mindset and decided to make it work and it did well and that's an interesting thing that you say because that's kind of how we grew up right it was the whole like we have to make this work this is not the typical um you know mom child situation we're trying out new cities we want to you know try new areas new cultures new everything and then going and very parallel to what our nurses go through because you know you have something to fall back on on a career level like you did um but also you so there's no worry there you're going to find work and there's going to be people that are ready to embrace you but the question is you know how do you really know if it's really your groove if you're in the right space and you really do need to kind of step out a little bit in your own um, kind of face your fears and just say, you know what, I'm going to try new things. I'm going to try new areas. Sometimes it's just as simple as leaving the hospital environment to go into aesthetics that it, you may not be actually moving to a whole new town, but definitely stepping into something new. So tell me what gave you like, so growing up, you had a lot of, um, I'm not going to make this about myself because this is not about me, but it is, it is all about you, but you had a lot of examples in your early years as to what it means to step out um, in, in faith and in hopes and kind of facing off with a little bit of that fear um, from, I guess, watching us kind of all fall on our face too, right? Yeah, yeah. You guys, uh, you stepped out in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of different areas, in a lot of different times. I remember you guys had an internet company and back then nobody would do that. That's just not something you would do. And it's kind of almost like it's one of these, I saw this in Tony Robbins yesterday. It's, it's almost like the gift of not knowing any better. And uh -huh. so you just kind of went after it and did it and just like, you know, 
we we don't have a college degree like from a university we don't really have a lot of options to make that happen because now we have a child right um and you know going to school online that was like that was pretty much scam scam central at that point in time so there wasn't like a common thing or even a, a good thing to do to go to college online um so you just you knew you had to do something do something different you couldn't be working at just one of these jobs or even a regular office job you just needed to step out and so that was the first step out and then um after that you know there was uh good reasons to relocate um partly because of what the town we were came up in was uh kind of turning into and it was just becoming more of an urban type of environment and that wasn't that was a little bit less than ideal for raising a family so you know you decided to take a risk and go to Oregon and it's kind of funny I told this story to one of my buddies you know it was that risk that they took you know we we were living in a pop-up in a campground when we mm-hmm. first you know we were staying with family and such but in Eugene we decided to just try Eugene living a pop-up um and you know dad was and, and we just decided to make it work dad literally went out in the like woods and worked for the fire uh wildlife firefighting and you know you you just try to look for work and take care of the kid at home and from that you know just taking that risk and stepping out and listening most importantly instead of like just trying to take control and take your reins but just be present and listening to the environment around you what the universe or god is telling you and you know taking that risk stepping out of the boat it led to so many things i mean you you met um a very successful woman in eugene and became good friends and from that i mean look at where you are today i mean i I credit pretty much a lot of things that a lot of good things that happen in our lives due to taking that step and you know having the mindset that it's not above you is something i saw as well um especially in my industry software engineering the um imposter syndrome is extremely prevalent and that's not something that either of you really particularly accepted um you always accepted that there was something better that you could be doing or could have in your lives and so you always took actions to make sure that that would come to pass and from just that like meeting that one woman you know i mean like we it kind of ended up in you having this really great spa thing going on uh my dad's career doing well when he when he was working in tech and sales and so i kind of took on the same things and i decided to step out and it's kind of funny just making that decision and listening um i i would not be even anywhere close to where i am right now had i not taken that leap and stepped out of the boat so that's something I learned from you guys, uh, being able to just kind of like listen and hear and then step and make the step. And my career just catapulted, my income catapulted, everything, relationships, all of it, just my yes. mindset, like just the way I feel about myself, my life. And, you know, there's, you know, a theme right now is like something I'm focusing on is what do you think you deserve? And I noticed from you guys that you didn't really ever think you deserved anything less than you did you never deserved average or anything like that you always deserve to to do 
to do really well and to be successful and have these successes that you see other people do. And that's something I've carried. Yeah. I mean, that's that, I mean, it's so interesting that you're saying that because, you know, it is a mindset you're right. And it is definitely, um, a level of not, not just being satisfied with status quo, being more about like, what else does this life have to offer? What else can we be doing? What else could I be doing? What else can I be exploring? And and that sort of thing. But also coming back to like what you were saying, like, first, let me just brag on you a little bit. You're, you you had a full fledged career. You had, you were, you had it made, you had, you know, just out of culinary school, you landed a huge job with Giada, um, helped her open her um, restaurant, her first restaurant in Vegas. And you were one of her top people there doing, you know, incredible stuff. Kind of burnt out with the whole Vegas thing, um, wanted a different kind of life for yourself. And so kind of, you did the whole Hawaii thing. You did some, you know, different things around, um, LA and then you decided to go to Austin and there you during especially during COVID instead of playing video games like the rest of us did and eating pizza we um you decided to teach yourself programming because that's what you uh, with our tech company and the things that we had in the past um that's kind of you it was in your early years what you were exposed to it and you nailed it completely nailed it and you know was super super proactive about creating a brand new career and a path for yourself. And today you make, you know, well over six figures and you are just living this life. So um, that's just me, mom, you know, bragging on her junior and really getting super excited about what you're doing. But also you decided to take the approach of this is not going to be, you know, life is not going to happen, you know, to me, it's going to happen for me. And I'm going to really harness everything I can from it and get the most out of it. Um, that is incredible that you've been able to do all the things that you've been doing. However, it wasn't always easy as a child. You had a lot of things that you had to really overcome. Um, and I would love to be able to like touch on some of those, because I think as a mom, we all have these mom guilt moments that you're like, Oh, I'm not there enough. I need to be doing more. I remember the years of not feeling like I could do you service, do you just service by just doing everything for you. I needed you to be independent because I knew at one point you were going to not have me around and you were going to need, you know, to have that independence. But more importantly, I also knew that I was probably going to have to do some kind of repair work on, you know, the, the fact that I was not always available, like, at least mentally. So share a little bit about what you experienced growing up by having, you know, entrepreneurial mom and who's, you know, got this, all these big dreams and zest for life. Yeah. I mean, you know, to preface, I've seen, I've seen parents pay really not nearly enough attention to their children. And I've seen parents pay way too much attention to their children. Um, and that, uh, it's kind of hard to strike a balance. Um, so I suppose with this one, I mean, I was kind of always left to my own devices and being an only child too, I was, uh, you know, I was mostly around adults all the time and especially kind of like, you know, I would come home to the office after school. I wouldn't go as much to, um, just do other activities or anything like that. 
and even up like through all the other grade levels uh in Oregon too Florida Oregon all of it um you know I there was times where I would I would be the last person to be picked up and I would be like at the after school thing like for a long time mm -hmm. and there there's a message that comes with that and it's a difficult thing to balance especially when you have like I mean imagine you have like a really in, insane contract that you really want to land but your kid is like about to get out of school and you're just like you want this meeting to wrap up you want to close but you know in the back of your head you're like oh, I gotta pick him up um so it's it's a tough thing to balance I think what it taught me is that I, I suppose it's just to start the negative I don't really like being too negative um but um I guess the the downside of it was that you kind of have you have to grow out of feeling like you're not a high value individual. Um, that's something that I've been kind of, that's some feedback I got from one of my friends as well. Um, a couple of days ago, he, he told me, I don't think that you really realize what you are. And he said that pe people perceive you as like this really insanely high-class individual that absolutely kicks ass and somebody that you kind of like are a little like intimidated by and stuff like that. And then when you speak, you almost like, you, it doesn't really sound like that you believe that. Uh, you don't believe all these great things about yourself uh, that everybody else sees. And I think I kind of like took that to heart. I'm like, you know, maybe that's that comes from from that is just not being, not feeling like a huge focus growing up, which because all that focus is basically spent on surviving and creating a future uh, for this uh, individual. So I suppose that's the negative part of it. And as a as an adult, you have to kind of come to terms with it. We've had some times where, um, you know, we've we've had to do some work together to kind of work through some of those things as well as mother and son. But, you know, as an adult, you just I mean, as a parent, you just mess your kids up no matter no matter which way you mess them up. Uh, so uh, no matter what you do. So, I mean, that's just one of those things you have to rectify as an adult. I think the positive thing that it taught me, though, is that I can pretty much, I guess this is kind of both positive and negative, but I can pretty much like make it work on my own, no matter what. Um, I'm one of the very few people in my family that does not require anybody else from my family at any point uh, to to survive, to, to, to have people around, things like that. Um, and that's a huge strength. I can pretty much plant myself anywhere in the world give me a give me a few months to be able to speak the language you know it passably or maybe not even a few months but probably a few months depending on where and i'll be able to make a life there so that's a huge strength and you know to be able to be successful I'm, it's lonely at the top most most people don't really go for these top tier things so while a lot of times, especially during COVID, like you said, um, by the way, I was playing video games too. I mean, don't get too excited. I, I played as much Warzone as everybody else. But, you know, while everybody else was kind of just drinking at home and, you know, just kind of doing the fun thing, kind of like some, letting some of their worst instincts kind of come to light because why not? We're just kind of stuck. I decided to, you know, I decided to take a little bit lonelier route and really dive dive deep, dive hard in. And it it led to a serious amount of growth. So I guess on one side, 
connecting with people and having like uh and working on self-esteem and building that back up and rectifying that that was a process that i needed to go through due to some of the some of the um some of the effort being placed elsewhere than just focused on upbringing um you know that's why that's why people talk so highly of mothers staying at home because it's it is hugely beneficial for for them to be able to put that energy there but you know the 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 strength is that i have been able to be extremely self-reliant and be able to create a strength in my life and resilience to most things that i look around and not very many people have i i mean i went back to i was part of the opening staff for this place called the otis hotel in austin and i still see the same people that work there i i go out to bars and stuff and clubs uh one of the places i worked during COVID, and i still see some of the same people working at those places doing some a lot of the same things and so that is something that has definitely set me apart that's their journey so it's not necessarily like a, a bad thing it's just it wasn't for you and you you're glad that you've moved on and you're able to do new things and really have this career right everybody's got their own places of growth you know sometimes you'll see a guy working at the same job for 20 years it's kind of like a we can throw it back to parks and recreation that show where jerry he's always like fumbling around he's doing the same job for many many years and then when he retires uh he uh, everybody goes to his house and he just shows them all these insane photo albums full of, of him doing things with his family. So people have different focuses that they choose. Um, I, I've just noticed that for me is that I, I, there needs to be somewhere in which I am growing. Um, so I don't really know their lives. They, have, they could be focusing on other things. But I've noticed that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be the same guy that we're at, is at the same job at the same place doing the same thing for very long. It's pretty common. I mean, millennial generation is is very much about, you know, jumping around and figuring out what's best, what's next, um, not settling for status quo. So I feel like that's very, very in touch with, you know, your generation and how everyone is so like. Available. We don't want to live in a van. Well, that's some people <laughs> like it. But um, going back to like where you said jumping around from you, you have that confidence to where you can land in different cities and different, you know, circumstances or job descriptions and so on. I remember when we first moved to Portland um, and I remember thinking, okay, this is now just you and me, we're going to make this happen. Um, and we're going to need to basically be incredibly self-sufficient and incredibly independent and incredibly on top of, you know, what's happening at all times. So um, one of my first instincts was to, I dropped you off, I believe um, at the bus station. And I think you were 16 or 17. And I said, okay, you need to find your way home and you need to get as close to home as you can get. And then you call me at about eight o'clock um, and I'll come pick you up wherever you are. But the whole mission that day was to find your way home on the bus system so that you could completely master the bus bus system. Um, and then later, you know, fast forward to future years, you know, you would tell me like we'd be in some city or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I don't I don't need to worry about it. I can just I think you even took a, cr a cross country trip 
um, last summer and you're like, yeah, I don't need to worry about, I, I know how to find my way. <laughs> I can get, I can get to an airport and get home. It was like kind of cool to see, you know, it play out for you later on. Um, and you've done that over and over again. You've not shied away from those challenges. In fact, even when you were a little kid, I remember you used to want new video games and I could go buy them for you, but I preferred to see you actually find a way to get them for yourself. And I remember you couldn't even see over like the counter at the pawn shop and there's like some big scary man behind it. You had no problem. You walked up, set your games down on the counter and very pointedly told him, what are you going to give me for these? I have, I need to be able to like get some new games. And you were like, there negotiating with barely, I mean, I think your eye, the, the counter was at your eye level. And I was just really super like amazed and proud. And I thought this kid is not going to be put in a box by anybody. And so, yeah, I do, I do very much see how you've used these tools and some of these like negotiation and, you know, tenacity and fundamentals to go after but I also, you know, it it also has been a, an incredibly, incredibly trying time. And I'm talking years of us working through the mom, you were always working, mom, you were always distracted, mom, you always had some kind of peripheral in your face, you know, and I didn't have your full attention. So I'm really glad that you're you're touching on those points because I feel like that is always the struggle for moms. We we want to do so much and we want to like build and grow and have all this great stuff for our kids. But also the idea of them having our attention, you know, when they need it is sometimes hard to fit that need, but it is so critical as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just to shine a little bit better light on, on you as well as a mom, because you said you dropped me off in Portland. Portland was not what it is. No. <laughs> there was no such thing as a, as even like a, a tough part of town, really. Um, so anyway, besides that, I think the most important thing is you're never, I mean, you're not, you're never going to, even if you feel like I wish I could do more, there's such thing as doing too much, like I said before. And I've seen that play out in people's lives as well. And it's not a positive result. Um, I think the most important thing is just understanding that there's sacrifices that are going to need to be made. I've had to make, I mean, I'm 30 years old and a lot of my friends that I've grown up with, they're all married and have kids and stuff. And that's a sacrifice I decided to make because I didn't want to settle. And so you're going to have to make this kind of sacrifice, some kind of sacrifice that hurts. And you'll, you'll look at other people's lives and wish that maybe you had that. Uh, and I think it's just, or, you know, things have turned out a little bit differently. I think the most important thing is giving, giving your kid the tools to rectify whatever kind of, I guess, lack or something that they came up with. And yeah. just under, like being, having some foresight. I mean, I know, I, I think I messaged you one day too. I think I messaged you. I think you knew that I was going to have a hard life. And I think that's why you did some of the things that you did because, um, you know, there was some points in my life coming up where there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so I think you knew that there was, you know, I wasn't going to be able to just kind of coast. And so you kind of set me up for that. I think that's the most important thing. Um, giving them the tools, um, helping them and, and then continuing the parenting, just understanding that, um, your kids are going to have challenges coming up, 
and it's important to kind of be there and also be able to step back when you need to um, and just help them work through that and, and be able to listen so that they can come to you, have a good relationship with you. Um, and yeah, just a long-term approach because whatever you do as, as when you're, when they're children, it's just, it's, you're never going to be perfect. So being, being, having that long-term mindset, I think is really good. Well, I appreciate you saying all that, babe. And I, I do feel like, you know, like I said, I'm so proud of you and you have so many amazing just traits and things that you offer on, just even on a personal connection level, you just love your little nephews and just, just are so, so in touch with, you know, your human side, as well as your work ethic is outstanding. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's definitely as a mom, there's definitely a lot of checks and balances and things that we're, we're not always going to nail. We're not always going to have, but I think the most important part is just to have that open, honest communication and really understand that, you know, it's a, it's, it's a kind of like a, 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 a deal you're making with your kids that, you know, we're going to have some tough times. We're going to, you know, we're going to go through some things. We're going to look at some different, you know, scenarios. We're going to try some new scenarios and you aren't going to always be, you know, feeling like you're really hitting, hitting all the notes and, and later on in life, you know, hopefully the relationship stays fluid enough to where you can have those conversations and say, look, we missed the boat on this one. How do we recapture some of these um, moments and how do we get, um, get a little bit closer to um, a good, open, honest communication without the blame game without a lot of different types of things that kind of, you know, come back to haunt us and we feel so bad about later, but then we realize that, you know, it's like everyone's human and no matter what, you know, as long as your heart's in the right place and you're doing everything you can to communicate that and to honor that, um, it all works out. It really does. It's just, you know, how much you have to go through to get to these points of, you know, being on the same page. And so that's really, I feel like the biggest takeaway is that, you know, on this day, we have amazing communication times. We talk for hours and just like so fluid and we're able to like, just even call each other out on things that were like, wait, you know, hold up, you know, and it, it really, it is a very nurturing relationship because I know I've grown. It's like sometimes almost haunting, like just how, wow, you sound just like me. <laughs> And I was like, wait, yeah, that's the advice I would give myself. But, you know, you hear it from your own kids and you're like, yeah, yeah, I, I see it. I see what you're saying. And I see the logic in that. And I see how I'm totally not seeing the real picture here. And so um, a lot of times you've been that sounding board for me. And it's just really super rewarding at that point. Cause you're like, yeah, it's like, you really, you kind of have this, you know, friend in the world that truly not only is your child, but is really truly like on the same page and has been through everything with you and has understands, you know, where your, you know, hangups are. And now they can actually hold a mirror up to you and be like, Hey, did you, did you, you know, notice these points? Did you consider this? And so, um, there's a lot of, of, of reward, you know, in the long term as well as what I'm getting at is that, you know, it's not just the, the immediate um, today kind of thing. It's, you do see a lot of really good moments and you just really are grateful. So on that note, I am so grateful for you and thank you for joining me on our little chat. Anything else you want to share before we close? Oh, definitely. Thanks for having me. It was really a great talk. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think one of, one of my biggest biggest themes right now that I'm focusing on is is what I think I deserve and how I view myself. And I think understand. I think really just accepting that more than likely the way you view yourself is not how other people view you, and they probably have a much higher opinion of you than you think. And it's okay to own it. And also, if you think you deserve to just kind of live a mediocre lifestyle um, that you're discontented with, because there's nothing wrong with that lifestyle, but if you're discontented with it, I think it all starts with that. It doesn't start, I mean, you can, it's so, that's why it can be a vicious cycle, because you can look around and see all of these, all of the evidence for why what you believe is true. But when you decide to change your beliefs and what you think you deserve in your own head, that's when you start to kind of be able to see those things come into pass. I mean, I grew a mustache and now I, all I do, all I see is dudes with mustaches. I didn't see that before. So you kind of you see what you're looking for. <laughs> it's kind of like, whoa, where'd that big stash come from? <laughs> Anywho, thanks guys for joining us. This was so much fun. And thanks again, Junior. I will talk to everyone, especially you, Junior, soon. Bye. Take care. Bye.